He said, Lord, shall we pursue? And the Lord didn't just say, now, now notice, because most, most men would have been like, what? They got our wife and kids. Let's go get them. Well, that's a natural response. But your natural response can get you killed. So David had enough wisdom to say, wait a minute, I trusted God with this battle. I trusted God with that battle. I trusted God with this battle. Before I run off here and try to kill them, I might ought to ask God again. And so he said, God, should I pursue? And God said to him, I love his response. He says, yes, pursue them. He says, and you shall utterly recover all. Now, once you get a word that you recover all, you still got to go fight the battle. But now he's fighting the battle from a different point of view. He's like, I don't mind fighting now because I know what the outcome's already going to be. So you got to learn how to trust God so that when God says something to you, you don't mind walking the walk. You don't mind fighting the fight because you understand what the outcome is going to be. The Bible says in Psalms 56 and 4, it says, In God, whose word I praise, and in God I trust, I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Now, notice he says, what, does mere, what can mere mortals do to me? In other words, he says, listen, I've put my trust in God. So once I've put my trust in God, whatever man says is irrelevant. Pastor Sean and I say it like this all the time. Once we hear from God, we confer no longer with flesh and blood. We confer no longer. If God told me to do something, why well, I got to ask Graham? Because the only way I'm going to agree with Graham is if he say what God said. And if that's the case, I just go with what God said. Here's what people will happen, though. The Lord will say something to somebody, and people go, mm, let me ask Rich. And let me ask Chris. And let me ask Vess. Well, let me ask Rod. And Brother Reynolds, too. Then I, take a, then, then, I, then I get together about what all of them said. I take what I like Rich said, what Brother Reynolds said, what Chris said, what Vest said, what Ross said, and I now put it together. Now I have a whole new promise that's different than what God gave me. And then when it don't work, guess who we blame? Not Rich, not Brother Reynolds, not Chris, not Vest, not Ron. No, we blame God. God, why you do that to me? God, like, hey, had nothing to do with that. That ain't even what I said. Because what we do is we go, okay. I trust Rod, I trust Vess, I trust Chris, I trust Brother Ron, I trust Rich, I trust them. And so because I trust them, I'm going to take what they say and I'm going to try to do it even though the person who even gave them life told me something different. And sometimes, I, I, I was talking to one of my sons the other day and I said to him, one of the number one things you have to do in your life if you want to be successful is learn to tell yourself the truth. If you don't learn to tell yourself the truth, you will never be successful. Because you will lie to you every day. No, you will. You, no, 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 see, no, you, you will lie to you. You will look at you and go, oh, you ain't that big. You will look at you and go, oh, you know what, you ain't that mean. You will look at you and lie every single day because the human body is designed, and the human mind is designed to resist pain. So your mind will lie to you in order for you not to experience pain. Your mind won't say to you, you really got a bad stank attitude and that's why don't nobody like you and that's why you ain't got no friends. <laughs> now that's the truth. <laughs> because the Bible says you want to have a friend, you got to show yourself. Friendly. So if you ain't got no friends, you ain't friendly. 
But what yourself will say is they all haters. They just haters. They don't want me to shine. No, they just can't stand you. That's all. They just can't stand your attitude. That's all the problem is. But yourself will lie to you. So if you want to be successful, you got to be good enough to be, say, to be able to tell yourself the truth even when it hurts. And sometimes you got to be able to say, I'm not trusting God. I'm afraid to trust God. I don't know what will happen if I put all my weight on God. What is that going to do to me? Listen, God's big enough to help you, but not when you're not being honest. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you got to learn to tell yourself the truth. And then Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know what it says. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. But in all your ways, do what? Acknowledge him. And what will happen? He shall direct your path. Jeremiah 17, we read this the very first week. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is fully in God. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves will always be green and it has no worries in the year of drought and it will never fail to bear fruit. He says that's who you'll be when you start trusting God. He says you'll be like a tree in the middle of a desert. Folk won't even know where you're getting water from. Everything around you'll be dried up and you'll be just as green and lush and everything in your life will be going just fine. The economy will be falling apart and you're still making money. Why? Because you have put your trust in the Lord. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they was talking about, you know, with the new tax plan coming through and how that's going to affect everybody. And listen, it is what it is. So, so all you can do now is educate yourself on the best way to, to, to make it work. I already sent an email to my boss. I said, hey, listen, if the House and the Senate get together and they do this thing and it works out, can you switch me from an employee to a 1099? Because of the 1099, I can perform, I can perform an LLC, and I can pay myself through my LLC and reduce my tax costs. Now, the question just becomes if they're going to pass it. Now, you can sit there and be mad all you want to, or you can decide how to figure out how you can reduce your tax burden because they're going to reduce theirs. Now, listen to me. <laughs> I'm telling you because I was talking to somebody the other day, and here's what they said because we're talking about trusting God. They was like, Well, you know, the coming getting so bad, and the tax thing's gonna happen, and everything. I'm gonna have to reduce this, reduce that, and reduce that, and reduce that. And I was listening, I was like, Yeah, I mean, because some of the stuff they probably need to reduce. You got 350 channels and you single. Why you need 350 channels? You know, reduce your cable bill. Don't steal cable, but reduce your cable bill. And so we were talking, but then they said something that just, just, just took me over the top. They said, Well, you know, I'm gonna start buying one plot toilet paper. Oh, no. uh, listen, it's. <laughs> It sent me over the edge. <laughs> I almost forgot I was saved for a minute. I said, you going to do what? Listen, I don't care what the economy does. I ain't never, ever going to use one-ply toilet paper. It is not finger-friendly. I am not using one-ply toilet paper. My God shall supply all my toilet paper needs. I was like, oh, no, I don't, I don't, you don't went too far now. I ain't reducing that. No, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God will provide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look, the Bible, 
The Bible says this in Psalms 9 and 10. It says, those who know your name and trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. He said, those who know your name, Psalms 9 and 10. He says, those who know your name trust you. When they were singing that, that's, that's why, I think that's why that was so powerful because they're sitting there singing that song and, and, and they're, they're talking about things shift and things and breakthrough happens when you call his name. And the Bible then says in Psalms 9 and 10, it says all of those who know your name. To, the word know, if you look it up in the, in, in the concordance, the word know, that's right. The word know is the kind of know that means like no. It means intercourse, no. That's what that word means. When I, like when a man knows his wife, it says, so, th so those who know the Lord, those who have been intimate with God, though, <laughs> this boy done stuck his hand. <laughs> yes, Kedron, to know. <laughs> when you know the Lord, it says, those who know your name trust you. Why? Because you can't get that intimate with God and not know how and not and not trust him. Because to get that intimate, you get to know him. You get to know what he's about. You get to know how much he loves you. Amen. So so last week we started talking about how do we practically trust God? How do we because practically trusting God produces things in your life. I gave you the four or five things. So let's talk about them real quick. And then we're going to go. Number one, trusting God leads to peace. And it opens the door to blessings. Trusting God leads to peace. That word peace, we've talked about it before. What does that word peace mean? It's the, it's the Hebrew word for shalom. Shalom means what? Nothing missing and nothing. So when we talk about peace, we talk about in a state of you don't need nothing. You got everything you need. You're content. You're happy. You have money. You're blessed. Your family, everything. Well, the Bible says, and we read this once before, Proverbs 3 and 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean into your own understanding. In every situation we find ourselves in, there will be things we simply do not understand. It is only through trusting God and having confidence in his word that we will be able to continue in our walk with God. Listen, I don't know why babies get killed. I don't know why people get cancer. I don't know why people, who, I don't know why the nicest people seem to leave us too early and the old cantankerous mean folks stay around till they're 106. I don't know why. I don't know why. Okay? I don't know why. And, and, and I can't even try to figure it out because some things are beyond, beyond my understanding. But here's what I know. Those things don't have to shake me believing in God. And that's the problem. It's why I say to my kids all the time when they say stuff like, you know, we don't know what we do if y'all die. You better keep living. I don't, I don't like religious corny sayings like that because I think they set up a thing in your mind. But, you know, listen, the way of life should happen like this. A parent should not bury their kid. A kid should bury their parent if we're going in chronological order. So I tell my kids all the time, I ought to die before you. So, 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 you, so you need to plan for how you're going to live after I die. Now, I ain't planning to go no way soon, but, but you need to have an idea of how you're going to do it. But if you sit around all the time, I don't know what I'd do if I lost so-and-so. I don't know what I'd do if I did That's a bad confession. It's a bad habit to get into. Here's what's going to happen. If I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to lose my wife at all, but if I lose my wife, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust God just like I'm doing right now. I'm going to cry. I'm going to mourn. But I'm going to trust God just like I'm doing right now. And you can't let things in the world shake your ability to trust God. 
You know, somebody get a bad doctor's report. And, and, and they pass away, and we pray, and we believe that they were going to be healed. And, 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 they, and it doesn't manifest on this side of heaven, and they die. We don't even now go, I don't know if I believe God. I do. Because the Bible says to be absent from the body. So they got healed. Maybe not in the way that I thought it should have worked, but in every situation, we don't understand everything. So you got to learn that, number one, when I'm trusting God, it puts me at a place of peace. You know, you can't have this thing where, oh, something happens, and now your peace is disturbed. You lose your job. I get it. But your peace shouldn't be disturbed. You want to find another job. You need to find another job. You ought to hear God. You ought to do the thing necessary. But your peace can't be disturbed. You can't now be mad at your wife because you lost your job. You can't now be mad at the kids. You can't now say, I ain't going to church no more because I lost my job. You ain't the first person who lost their job, and you ain't going to be the last person. So you got to get to a place where you go, you know what? I trust God no matter what's going on around me. No matter what's going on around me, I continue to trust God. The Bible says leaning on our own understanding makes us double-minded. The problem with double-mindedness is you can't produce anything. If you're double-minded, you can't produce the thing that God has for you. Listen, here's what we say in our family all the time. And it's, it's, we've said it for years. The truth of the matter is, and we say this, if God don't help us, we're going to fail anyway. In Camp Strict, we live by that. Listen, you can have the best laid plan. It don't mean it's going to work. It don't mean it's going to work out for you. If God doesn't get involved in your plan, your plan going to fail no matter what. So you might as well trust God. Because if you don't trust God, then you're not going to have any success. Amen? Amen? The Bible says in Isaiah 26 and 3, it says God keeps us in perfect peace when our mind is stayed on him. When our mind has stayed on him, your mind can't be in two places. Your mind can't be on, oh, I don't know how God's going to provide. Oh, I want God to provide. It can't be in two places. If your mind is in two places, you're going to be double-minded. The Bible says you're not going to get anything that you ask for. David wrote this in Psalms 31, 14, and 15. He says, I trusted in God, and I said, thou art my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from them that would hurt me. Here's what you got to understand. He acknowledged who God was. He says, you're my God. I think sometimes for other people, we see people get blessed and God does wonderful things for them. We start equating it with being their God. But the same God who blessed Vess is the same God who will bless you. Same God who brought, the same God who got the three Hebrew boys out of trouble is the same God who will get you out of trouble. But you got to trust them. You got to trust God. If you don't trust God, then you're never going to be set up for, for success. The Bible says in Psalms 37 and 5, it says, commit your ways unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. That's the key in that scripture. He shall bring it to pass. Your job is to trust. His job is to bring it to pass. The problem with so many of us is that we are always, and there's nothing wrong with education. Don't get me wrong. And I always have to preface that when I say it. I'm a proponent of education. If you want to go to college, go to college. That's fine. But you do understand that the world is changing. And I'm telling you this for your kids. Going to college ain't what it used to be for us. There's a whole bunch of masters and PhD unemployed people with 60 and 70 and $80,000 in debt. Let them learn how to code. Teach them some math. Get them in some STEM programs. Teach them about entrepreneurship. Teach them something. But, but I, ain't, I ain't against education. But here's what education does. Education almost makes you think you're smarter than God. I hate religious cliches. I hate them. 
I just don't, I just, I just can't stand them. I don't like music. Did our, did our religious cliches? I talked to somebody the other day, and here's what they said. I just think about this. I shouldn't have prefaced it that way because now your mind's gonna be thinking about it. Here's what they said. They said, "Lord, I desire you more than you would ever know." Now that sounds great. I mean, it's like, oh wow, you really desire God. So wait, let's break this down. You desire God more than God would ever know. The all-knowing God. You desire him more than he knows that you desire him. You ain't going to get nothing off that. That is a religious saying that produces nothing. That's not trusting God. Trusting God ain't, ain't, ain't insulting him by telling him you're smarter than him. Because that's in essence what that statement says. I'm smarter than you. I want you more than you know that I want you. That's basically what it says. But the truth of the matter is that's just a religious statement. It has no faith to it. It has no trust to it. Here's what trust is. God, you know how much I desire you. And so I want you to show me in my actions how much I desire you. Help me to act out what I already believe in my heart. That's a faith statement. Number two, trusting God empowers you to take action. If you trust God, you'll do something. When I, really, when I get convinced about this parachute, I'm a skydive. Soon, hey, as soon as I, I, as soon as I get convinced about the parachute, as soon as I get convinced, I, I, go, to, I go to YouTube and watch how they pack them. No, I'm sure, because I got to get my, I gotta, that's how you build your confidence. I'm like, because I want to see six different people pack it. Because I want to see if somebody doing it different and who's been more successful. So I watch them pack a parachute. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm watching them pack a parachute. She's like, why? Because I want to know when I watch the guy pack it if he's doing it right. So as soon as I'm convinced, I'll take action. That's the question for you. God's telling you to do something. You ain't did something yet. Why? Because you don't trust him. You ain't convinced. And it's cool, but you got to tell yourself the truth. I know why I haven't skydived yet. I don't trust the people who pack the parachute. Not yet. But as soon as I do, I'm going to go on over to the salon, <laughs> get one of them little planes, jump out. As soon as I'm convinced, as soon as I'm convinced, ask yourself, when are you going to do what God told you to do? When are you going to get convinced? And if you're not convinced, that's okay, but what are you going to do to get convinced? I watch YouTube videos. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? God's told you to start the business. What are you going to do to convince yourself that it's time to start the business? Are you going to talk to somebody who started it? You're going to talk to somebody who did what you did? You're going to figure it out? You're going to see how God blessed them? It's going to build your confidence so you can strike out and try it? What are you going to do? Because when you trust God, it will cause you to act. Amen? Yeah. Number three, when we trust God instead of ourselves, supernatural things happen for us. Yeah. You want supernatural? You know, we, we were laughing about this. Some of y'all heard us tell these stories before. But my spiritual mother, Pastor Cynthia, is not more spiritual than anybody else. She's just not. I mean, that's not how it works. She is so convinced, though, about the supernatural part of God that she sees it shows up in her life more than anybody I personally know. But it's because she is so convinced about the... See, can, I, can I be honest with y'all? I'm not at the place yet, and it's not an indictment against me, so don't take it as one. <laughs> Because you have to tell folk that. Because when you try to be vulnerable, Graham, folk be trying to judge you. 
<laughs> Don't judge me. I'm not at the place yet where I could go and spend $10,000 and just be like, God will give it back to me Wednesday. Yeah. Not, not yet. But I'm honest with myself. If you're not honest with yourself, you got to spend $10,000 and the next week you cry. I don't know what I'm going to do. I ain't there yet. So what do I do? I have to keep reading. I have to keep, I keep, I keep saying, Pastor, how you do that? Now, what did you do? What did you say to the Lord? What did he say to you before you did that? Because I want to know. Because if I get to know how it happens, then it builds up my faith and it builds up my trust. Well, for some of us, we, we don't spend time figuring out what we need to do to become better equipped at trusting God. We just live our life. But the truth of the matter is, is that if we want supernatural things to happen for us, we have to trust God on a supernatural level. Yes. Now, there are things I believe God. I, I, listen, healing is easy for me to believe. A lot of that has to do with my experience growing up and where I grew up in church. I have seen so many natural, and I don't, I don't mean like, oh, I got a headache and I go and I can't see it. No, no, no. I mean, I have seen people come in with growths on their bodies. I have seen a man of God put oil on a handkerchief, wrap it around, pray, and the thing come off. The skin is smooth and the knot is in the handkerchief. You don't get to experience that and then not believe God. So I'm highly developed in the area of healing. I ain't seen $10,000 just be rolling in on the weekends. <laughs> it's the truth. And so you have to be honest with yourself and go, yo, this is an area that I have to work in. I trust God about healing. I trust God for my marriage. Now, when it comes to just all this money that I know God has available, I ain't seen all of it roll in yet. So I still got to keep believing. So when I'm working on myself, that's what I'm reading about. I'm reading about the supernatural power of God. I'm reading a book right now about how God provides financially, supernaturally. Why? Because I got to read it. I got to read it. I got to read it. I hear about people where well, people walk into their church and go, hey, I was just passing through town, and I heard the music playing in the hotel, and I want to pay off everybody's debt in the church. I read about that. That's why when people come in, I'd be like, because I believe they're coming. I believe they're coming. That's why you shouldn't miss church. <laughs> Because I believe they're coming. So when I see somebody I ain't seen before, I'm like, yo, is you the man? Yeah. Is, you, is you the man? Yeah. But you got to get your trust up. You got to keep believing God. Amen. Number four, learning to trust God is work, but we are commanded to do it. Learning to trust God is work, but we are commanded to do it. Everybody has to learn to trust God on their own. You know, um, you, you, you know when you were younger, Hopefully, important, more than likely, you hear today, so it's true. Somebody was praying for you. Well, at some point, you can't just keep living off other people's prayers, right? You got to learn to trust God for yourself. Uh, you got to grow up and mature, and you got to get to the place where when you're trusting God and you're, you're hearing what God is saying and you're honoring God based off of what you know, not what somebody else is telling you to do. Amen? I told you uh, the other week, I shared with you, two weeks ago, I shared with you that story about how the people were complaining in the, in, in the desert. And they, they, wanted, they wanted meat, even though God was feeding them angel food. And, and they started murmuring and complaining. And the Bible says that God sent the scorpions among them. And the scorpions bit the people. And some of them died. And Moses went to God and he said, God, can you please remove this, this thing from them? Stop, stop, basically, stop killing the people, God. 
And God said, well, I ain't going to remove it, but here's what I'm going to do. You go and you get a pole and you make an a, a, a image of a scorpion and you put it up on the pole. He said, and every time one of them get bit by the serpent, they need to look up on this pole and that's how they're going to live. Why was he doing that? He was painting a picture for us learning how to trust God. That when anything happens to us, what we need to do is look to God. He said, if I remove the serpents from them, they'll just go right back to complaining and doing what they did before. He says, but I'm going to put this pole here so that every time they get bit by a scorpion, they'll have to look up to this pole in order to live. You and I need, don't, shouldn't have to be bitten by something to know to look to God to live. We live under a new covenant. Jesus has died for us. So when things are going around us and we feel like we got spiritually bit by something, listen, look to God. I love what he says. He says, tell them to look upon the serpent and they shall live. In other words, he says, look to God. Look to me and you shall live. And then lastly, God wants us to trust him enough to rest in his promises. We've talked a whole message, entire weeks about the promises and resting in the promises of God. God wants us to rest in his promises. The Bible says this in James chapter 4, verse 14. It says, here as you know, not what shall be on tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then it's gone away. He says, literally, you ain't got but a moment up on the earth. I don't, even if you live 100 years compared to eternity, it's just a vapor. It's just a moment. He says, literally, it's just a moment in time. He says, so don't spend that time stressed out about the things I said I'm going to do for you. If you got somebody in your life you really trust, and they tell you they're going to do something, and you really trust them, you almost don't even think about it anymore. See, when I first start working with people, I'm always checking on them. I'm like, you said you was going to do so-and-so. It ain't even a deadline yet. Just checking in and remind you, you said you was going to do. But when I work with you and you prove that you can handle the thing, I almost forget about you. That, that's the honest truth. I'd be like, you say you're going to do it? Okay. I, I, I just show up. And you, you know, I check in every, but if, if you need me to. But if you, if you, if you have proven yourself to be, to be the person you say, you're going to do it. You got people like that in your life. Some of y'all are not that to other people. <laughs> yeah, it got quiet up in here. <laughs> I tell my kids all the time, and, and Jordan's not here, but y'all know, you know, Jordan is Jordan. So if you tell Jordan something, Baby, you best do it. I mean, I mean, you best come through. So the other day, we was riding from, Jordan had volleyball camp on Monday night, and um, she said, hey, before we left, she said, hey, can I get Subway uh, on the way home? I said, well, I don't know, Jordan. I said, we have to check and see, okay? Well, Jordan thought that meant yes. But I was clear that I said we would have to Check and see. So when Jordan got through with camp, Jordan's like, hey. We, well, she didn't even say anything. We was driving home. I didn't turn right. I kept straight. And, 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 and literally, we were sitting in the front seat, and Jordan hit the, the little panel. She said, whoa. I said, what? She actually kind of startled me. I said, what? She said, I think you missed that turn. I said, turn for what? She said, well, you said I could get Subway. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I said we had to wait and see. If we could get Subway. And Jordan, and this is what she said. I thought about it. She said, well, I assume, she didn't say assume. She said, she said, well, I thought that since you said wait and see, and you usually do it, that that meant you was going to do it. 
I thought, man, I wish I had that kind of trust where God was concerned. Because sometimes you, because I don't know about you, but sometimes I ask God, I'm like, God, can you know, and I don't, I don't get a yes or a no, and I'm like, I got to wait and see, and I be assuming no. I'm like, the kid, I'm like the kid who assumed if you didn't say yeah, that means no. Jordan, like, uh-uh. If you didn't say no, that's a yes. I said, I need some childlike faith. Jordan was resting in the promise, even though there had not been a promise. I said, if she can rest in an in a almost, a maybe, then surely I can rest in the promise of God when God makes me a promise. Listen. Joshua 24 and 13 says God told the people that he had given them lands which they did not work for. He had given them cities they did not build and vineyards and olive yards that they did not plant. God also warned them in Deuteronomy 6, 10 and 13. He says, when I cause you to be wealthy, he says, don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. He says, so, so here's the thing. God doesn't have a problem with wealth. God doesn't have a problem with you being wealthy. What God has a problem about is that if you get wealthy or you get the wealth, you stop trusting in him. And I think that's the thing that we have to make sure that we are okay with before the wealth comes. Because you don't want to be a person who gets the wealth and then figure out you weren't trusting God anyway. Because now you're out there and you got all this stuff and you don't think you trust God. And what's going to happen is the devil's going to strip you all of it and then you're going to have to run back begging God again. Here's the good news. He loves you. He'll take you back. He loves you. He'll take you back. But you shouldn't have to be in that position. Amen. And then lastly, Romans 15, 13 says, my God, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you see that word hope, it means a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen in your life. You ought to be hoping for some things in 2018. You ought to have an expectation that God's going to do some things in 2018. And, and it's going to start with those three keys to manifestation. Faith, trust, and obedience. And I'm telling you, if we can get those three things down, 2018 will be our best year ever. Amen? Come on, give the Lord some praise this morning.